That's right, welcome along to Rugby World Cup today here on SENZ, brought to you by Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. And how about those four quarterfinals? Truly unreal. I can't remember four better games at a Rugby World Cup. Intense, exciting, entertaining, everything as a rugby fan that you could ask for. The pride, passion and willingness to play from all eight sides involved made for tight finishes in each game. And I think we leave those matches with a real sense that Test Rugby on the world stage is as strong as it's ever been. That All Blacks game on Sunday morning, that was simply phenomenal and I'm going to be honest, when that final whistle went, the eyes, they were tearing up a little for sure. I thought someone was cutting onions. I was that proud of the effort and the display from our lads. After that game, I thought it was going to be impossible for the two remaining matchups to get anywhere near that level. But fair to say what we witnessed this morning from France and South Africa really gave it a good run for its money. That was all go from the opening whistle. And then you had Fiji England as well, which was excitement galore as everyone's second favourite team fell agonisingly short of the upset of course. Can't forget that passionate performance from the Pumas as well. They pulled off the win against Wales and that has set the stage for an exciting semi-final showdown this Saturday morning. So look ahead to today's show, we will continue to review these games as we run through the highlights before taking a deep dive into some of the comments post-match from each of the teams involved. Following that, we'll have ex-All Black and SENZ commentary team member Ant Strawn joining us to share his thoughts, as well as your usual breakout performer from the weekend's action, and of course the schedule for the semi-final games this weekend. As always, I'd love to hear from you throughout the show, so feel free to text through at any time to double eight double three with your thoughts on these games. Maybe who impressed you the most? What was your performance of the weekend? Or even how you see this weekend's semi-finals playing out. The two southern sides, they head in as clear favourites. Boy, how the tides have turned, and I'm sure Clive Woodward, he might be licking a couple wounds as well. There's so many talking points to sink the teeth into this week, so I'm keen to hear your thoughts, as always, on double eight. Double three. But to the highlights we go, and let's start with this first game. Sunday morning, she was a 4am kickoff. Wales, they win in pretty strong favourites, but Michael Checker's side has other plans, pulling off the upset 29-17. to 17. And now Davies again finds Bigger. Running an inside line beautifully was George North. Then gets an offload away. They're going through the hands, and Bigger will duck down right underneath the posts. And just to bring up to speed with some of the events of the first half... Wales have no numbers on the back of their jerseys. They've all fallen off within the first minute. Yako Piper, who was the referee for this match, came off limp with a calf injury after about 10 minutes. So Carl Dixon became the referee. And as we head into half-time, after the kick from Buffelli, it is 10 points to 6 with just run, one try in it. Wales. Now is a break through the middle. Up the middle goes Thomas Williams. Untouched. Under the posts. The little half-back exploits some lazy defence around the ruck from Argentina and just like that Wales retake the lead they're just picking and going Argentina driving towards the line now going sideways can't let go of it Welsh hands are over the ball the referee's okay with it it still comes back to Argentina and they've scored it Dan Bigger's going to lose his they have scored it and I tell you what Wales were far too busy communicating with the referee Joel Scalavi, the number 17, the replacement prop. He comes on and scores a game-tying try 
Interception by Argentina. Oh, and he might go all the way. He does. Nicolas Sanchez, the veteran, may have just sealed a semi-final entrance for Argentina. Wales will be bitterly disappointed. So as you just heard, it was all going that one. Jersey number issues, a referee change, a game-changing intercept. This one had it all, and in the end, Argentina are the side to advance from that first quarter final. Then following that one, we had the game that captured the hearts of two small but extremely proud rugby nations with a number one ranked side in Ireland taking on the number four ranked in the All Blacks. You all know how it played out, but let's relive that magic with Daniel McCarty and Corey Jane. Here is Bowden Barrett chipping over the top. Going to get the bounce? Oh, yes, he can. Five metres shy of the 22. Ball there. Broken Irish defence away to the left-hand side for the All Blacks. It's Jordy Barrett. Lester Vanganuku. Back on the inside from Rico Iwani to the number 11. And the All Blacks have scorched Ireland with a quite brilliant try. The All Blacks lead 11 points to nil. Kick to come. White ball in midfield by Lowe. Bundyaki steps off one, beats one, two, hands off another to the line. What a tie. Bundyaki has been a beast at this World Cup and he's got Ireland's first try. Under advantage offside. The All Blacks want to go back to the short side. Will Jordan. Here is a chance for Rani Savio. The right corner. Oh, A plus for the dive. He puts it down. The All Blacks have another try. And this first half won't quit. It's 18 points to 10. Now they try to drive forwards. It's getting closer. They're creeping forwards. Off the back, Island go to the line. They are there. Island score. It was Gibson Park. To the right-hand sideline. On the line out, they will go. Here's Rick He's made a break. He feeds Will Jordan. He has gas. Too much gas. And scores. A brilliant try out of nowhere. Richie Mawanga, a break from the heavens, has broken this game wide open. Defensive line out to start. Five metres out. White lock goes up. Can't win it. Here is the drive and it's to the line. They are there. They won't score. No oh. penalty try. To the right hand side here is Sexton on that short side. Gives it to Conan. How often have I called his name in this extraordinary passage? 37 phases and counting. Here's Kalahar. Strong shoulders on him. Over the top, Sam Whitelock. Over the top, Sam Whitelock. Sam Whitelock, you are magnificent. Sam Whitelock has forced a penalty. And the game will be over. Sam Whitelock's career will go on. And the Irish will crash out of Rugby World Cup 2023. Always, always bet on black. Always bet on black. Great stuff there from Daniel McCarty and what a game it was and what a win. One of the best but most agonising games of footy I can remember watching with our backs against the wall and the doubters coming for the All Blacks from all angles. Boy did they stand up and deliver with that performance. I thought our defence was outstanding. We stuck to our structures and restricted that lethal Irish attack as much as you possibly could. Our, di- our discipline sorry, was on point despite the two yellow cards, one of which I thought was pretty harsh and I do think we need to revisit that slapdown raw law. Sorry, our work at the breakdown was Sam Kane and Artie Savia. Thought they put on a clinic, and what a performance it was from Geordie Barrett as well. Yellow cards, penalty tries, 38 phases to finish. 
84 minutes of rugby, but still the All Blacks dug deep, fighting off exhaustion to get the win and do what many both overseas and here at home thought they couldn't. Then on to this morning, Mad Monday, which dished up a double header with England taking on Fiji to get us underway. A lot had been made of this clash heading in, with the Fijians having beaten the English last time these two sides met at Twickenham not too long ago, but it was England who got the chocolates in a true 80-minute thriller. Fiji trying to get hands over it. Mitchell has it at the back. It's messy. It might have been knocked on. No, it's an advantage for offside. Farrell, Taolangi going for the line, and Rani Taolangi! He gets the first try of the match for England. Lamani has it, the England defence scrambling. It might have been knocked on, no, it's an advantage as it was impeded by the English uh, defenders. Still got it, Fiji, though. It's broken play, and Mata goes in. Viliami Mata for Fiji. They've got space on the left-hand edge, Radradra. Big pass over the top. Here's Naitha Levu, one-on-one with his man. Breaks the first tackle, gets up and goes again. Five metres out now, Fiji. Kudavuli, quick ball through the middle. They've got there. Penny Lavai, the substitute, goes in for Fiji. That is a try they desperately needed. 24 points to 15. Radradra, passing through, getting it off, thrown right away. Fiji up through the middle, a pass away. They're going to score through Batitu. Come on, Fiji. The flying Fijians are storming home. 24 points to 22, a kick to come to bring it level. Right in front of the sticks now, Atoji. This is phase number 12 for England. Kier into the pocket, and here goes Farrell for the drop goal. It's easy. Fiji were getting ready to defend the try line. They forgot about Owen Farrell in the pocket, and he has all the time in the world to add a three-pointer. So a bit of a game of what could have been for the Fijians, to be fair. For 60-odd minutes, they didn't really fire any shots. I thought they were slow to work their way into the game, but once they got into their flow, they looked every bit a semi-final worthy side. Unfortunately, though, it just wasn't enough. England advance and set themselves up with a date for the with the Springboks, who, of course, in this morning's other game, they took on the home side in a clash that all rugby fans were excited to see in a game that seemed to have many experts split in terms of who would come out of this one victorious. Here are the highlights from this morning's blockbuster. France win the line out and they drive. South Africa in reverse. Eben Etzebeth being carried like someone on a chariot. Now they charge for the line. Malvaka dragged down one out. Advantage for the French now. Penalty advantage from Ben O'Keefe. Dupont again sets it up. The try is scored. France are in, in the corner. Puts this one high, it'll fall just inside France's half. It's contestable. Here's a big opportunity for South Africa. They're gonna go all the way. Kurt Lierenza contested the kick from Reinach and he has raced away for the try. Trying to play with wits, the South African side and the ball's popped down. Here's Daylendi heading for the try line, cut down just short. Picked up by Peter Step Dutoy. Reinach has options. Offside is the call. Try has scored. Damien Daylendi in for the Springboks. Ball is spilt loose. Now another chance for South Africa. Colby gets on the end of the kick from Daylendi. That is magic. They are in again, South Africa. The pace of Cheslin Colby, the vision to put the grubber through, outstanding play. Throw is made, Wokey again coming around as Malvaka took the pass, he's cut down two out. Again the defence holds true for now, then another rush at the line. 
just short the French, diving over, Cyril Bay gets the try. It's all about the French resistance here, under advantage, South Africa rumble it up again. Another advantage being applied, right in the shadow of the sticks and Evan Edsabeth crashes over, the Springboks are back. So there you have it, South Africa edge out France in a game that went right down to the final play and to be honest this game shocked me a little in terms of how it played out with both teams deciding to play an exciting brand of footy, something we hadn't really seen from the Springboks so far. It was a physical game, some massive hits going in from both teams, plenty of big moments, some great tries and a Cheslin Colby charge down which may well have proved the dif difference. This one had it all, so well done to the box for defying that vocal and passionate home crowd and sending the French packing from their own World Cup. What a game. Time now for your breakout performer brought to you by Breakout River Meats, 100% Australian meat and proudly supporting Rugby Union and no surprises here, he's a man whose name has been thrown around constantly after that win on Sunday but I feel like you can't go past Sam Kane and what was arguably the best performance of his career. He silenced the critics and also the opinions of some of his opponents. 22 tackles, 2 turnovers and 8 carries. His work in tandem with Adi Savia, that went a long way to securing this win and there would have been a lot of Irish players waking up today with bruises all over their body courtesy of Sam's shoulders so for those reasons he is our breakout performer brought to you by Breakout River Meats proud supporters of local independent butchers and the Rugby World Cup time now for some ads when we come back we'll take a dive into the post game reactions from the other eight sides That's right, welcome back to Rugby World Cup today, brought to you by Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. And before we jump into these post-game reactions, a quick little throw to the text line here. We've had one come through from the great man Zaid, who says a great win by the All Blacks this weekend against Ireland and looking forward to the Argentina game. I see the All Blacks are only paying $1.10 to beat Argentina. I did notice that myself as well, Zaid. I think the Argies were about $6.50. There's something about taking on a Michael Checker coach side that does make me a little bit nervous he loves being that underdog and I've no doubt he will have the Argentinian lads well and truly up for that game this Saturday morning I do expect the All Blacks to be too good but I think she may be a little closer than some people are expecting great to hear from you mate and would love to hear from more of you on the text line double eight double three but let's dive back into these quarterfinals now and hear from the sides involved first up we'll go to Wales and of course Welsh coach Warren Gatlin spoke to media post his team's loss he had this to say yeah no I thought we started what reasonably well we are up 10-0 and we've given away a couple of penalties but you know Argentinian team they're, they're tough they stayed they stayed in the fight and uh, you know I've got to give them credit uh, you know congratulations they they uh, you know hung in there and um we probably weren't at our best today, but we were up against a good side that uh, took the chances. So a disappointing loss for a highly favoured Welsh side. For Argentina, though, this was a huge win for them. Here is their coach, Michael Checker, with his post-game thoughts. Yeah, pretty happy, I suppose. You know, they, these players are—they're they're such good people too. You know, without getting too, you know, too much emotional carry-on and everything, they've worked really hard, and I think that hard work. Uh, um, showed in the end of the game today. They wanted to fight for that. They wanted to earn it. They knew they'd put in a lot of work. It was, we were in a bit of trouble. Not trouble, but we were behind, so it takes a bit of leg work. And the whole 23, 
along with the 10 who didn't play, uh, put in a huge effort. So an excited and happy Michael Checker then. He was then asked, can Argentina go all the way? Of course, they're taking on the All Blacks in this week's semi-final. Here's what he had to say about that. Well, I don't know if we'll go with the sweeping statements just yet. Like, we'll wait and see what, what you know, we, we're just thrilled to be going to Paris. We haven't had a taste of it yet in this World Cup. We'll have a look at tonight's game. And I know that we'll be heavily uh, not favoured for that game, obviously. But um, we'll be giving it our best. So smart play from Michael Checker there, not falling into the trap of a clickbait headline, but interesting to hear him already straight after the game, labelling them as underdogs and saying they've got nothing to lose and they'll go give it their best. That is when he is their most dangerous. Next up, we jump into the Irish camp after that devastating loss to the All Blacks and here's their coach, Andy Farrell, on taking another quarterfinal loss. You know, I don't buy into that. I don't care about that. That was a hell of a game and, you know, probably fitting for a final. So... Um, yeah, you know, the, the bounce of a ball that goes into Dan's hands or held up over the line. We're talking about a, a different story, aren't we? But that sport, that's why we love to hate it, hate to love it, etc. And uh, somebody's, somebody's got to lose. And unfortunately for us, it's, it's, um, it's not our night. But congratulations to New Zealand. I thought um, they played a, um, a wonderful game, as, as did we at times. So some nice sentiments there from Andy Farrell and I really enjoy listening to him talk. There's just something about him. I can imagine he'd be a great coach around a changing room and I think he deserves a lot of credit. A lot of people talk about the work Joe Schmidt's done with this Irish side before he took over and I'm sure that's been massive for them but this winning streak has been largely under Andy so well done to him. Next up, English first five Johnny Sexton, or sorry, Irish first five Johnny Sexton was also asked a similar question. Here is what the retiring playmaker had to say. Will there be a sense of missed opportunity as you go forward or will there be a sense looking back on things with immense pride and, and being part of an occasion like this when you look at the fans and you, you see the messages and you, you, you see what this team has meant to, to Ireland? Yeah, probably a mixture of both. Um, it's very rarely you come away you know, from a defeat with no, with no regrets. Um, so I'm sure there'll be lots of them within that. But probably the overriding emotion is pride of of being involved with this group, of, of showing up the way we did, you know, we will get bashed with the with the quarterfinal, another quarterfinal, but there was no quarterfinal like that one. Uh, you know, it's each one is unique, and uh, you know, from the outset, when this draw was made, uh, whatever four years ago, which is which is very interesting. Uh, you know, it's uh, you know, it was always going to be an incredibly tough quarterfinal, no matter who we played. So um, yeah. Fair play to New Zealand. They're an outstanding nation. You know, when it comes to rugby, they they pride themselves on their World Cup, and uh, you know they're into another semi-final. And the final 38 phases of that game were excruciating to watch as a fan. But here's Johnny on how it was for the players. Yeah, I thought we had them a couple of times, um, and then obviously to concede the, the turnover when we were so close to the to the line was was good in. Um, they scramble, they scramble incredibly hard for each other. Um, there's probably a couple of overlaps we probably didn't take full um, advantage of, but uh, again, incredible to, to have the stake so high and to go through that many phases just showed uh, what this group is, is made of. And yeah, it's good in that we, we, couldn't, uh, we couldn't finish it off, you know, 
just going back to that more, you know, when you when you're over the line, uh, stuff to take with small margins, just a kick. You know, the, maybe you know when you're chasing the penalty, it's a lot easier at the end. But um, yeah, we left it all out there at least. Then over to the victorious All Blacks camp with coach Ian Foster and captain Sam Kane both fronting the media post-game. The first question that was put to Sam was he was asked if he was aware just how happy this team had made Kiwi fans both in the stadium and back at home. Yeah, I think I think we do realise. Uh, you know, when we finish the game and then look mm. up around the crowd, you look out for the people in the All Black jerseys and you see the joy on their faces... You first look out for your family, but then when you do a lap around the stadium and see, you know, people that have made the effort to support us, but we know, um, you know, the beauty of social media these days is we get we get to see a lot of the messages, we get to hear a lot of the support. Um, but hey, we'd just like to thank them first and foremost for for that support. We feel it, and um, you know, we're glad we could put a smile on their face Sunday morning back home. Coach Ian Foster, he couldn't wipe the grin off his face and fair enough too after everything he has faced. He was asked if this was his most important win, perhaps even bigger than that win in South Africa that many are saying kept him in the coaching role. No, you guys keep reminding me South Africa was quite important last year. But I'm pretty happy. Where does this one rank then? Pretty high. You know the answer to that. Look, this is um, this is a special day for us. It's um, We've... <clears throat> Excuse me, I've lost my voice because it's quite quite loud in that box. But um, we're, we're, the, I think the world's been talking about these two quarterfinals for 12 months, even longer. And um, I guess our one and the one tomorrow night with France, South Africa is likely to be the same. And I think the, that uh, the massive games, two very proud teams, two teams that you saw them desperate to want it and... Sometimes the sweetest victories are when your opponent plays really, really well and, and tests you to the limit. Um, um, we didn't want to play Ireland with two yellow cards and Ireland have got a, a, a big record of winning big games when the opposition get cards and, and they often do get cards when they play Ireland for some remote reason. I'm not sure why, but it's the end of the day. We, we played a lot of that game with 14 men and I couldn't be more proud of the effort of... Sam and the players, and, and I thought we looked in control of it, and, and it felt good. And we heard from Johnny Sexton before on his thoughts on the final 38 phases, but now let's hear from Sam Kane and get his take on those agonising few minutes. Yeah, what an incredible finish to a test match. Uh, 37 phases, it's almost as long a um, period to defend that I've, I've heard of or witnessed. Um, the ability for the boys to just keep turning up for each other. I think, obviously, it's pretty clear that defence probably won us the Test match tonight. And um, you know, history shows that teams that win World Cups have a very good, def- uh, a very good defensively. So um, I feel like that defensive performance has been building for a wee while, and um, you know, that's our. It's got to be our benchmark going forward. And the build-up for this game was massive, with ex-players, media and experts from both countries certainly doing their best to make this one of the most highly anticipated games in recent memory. Of course, Ireland, they had the wood on us heading into this one, and as a result, a lot of pundits were weighing in on how the All Blacks had potentially lost their aura and they weren't the force of old. Here's Artie Savia on the topic of keeping receipts. 
Did you feel, like everybody else, probably that little bit of extra motivation? Was it a little bit extra going into this game? In terms of your preparation, did you feel it when you saw them you know, opposite you for the huck? It was just, did you get to that moment where you're going, you know what, this is everything I expected it might be? Yeah, I held receipts, personally, in my mind, and my heart, and my gut. So that game, you know, there was a bit riding on for me personally. So, yeah, I mean a lot. But does that... I mean, is that an important part for you as a player? Is the fact that you know great players find ways to get the best out of themselves? Is that something you search for every week? Hundred um, percent. Any little thing, um, it fuels the gut and fuels the fire, and um, it adds that little bit of extra sting. And um, tonight, the boys showed that, and um, you know we'll enjoy tonight. But then, I said before, we won the battle tonight, but there's still a war to be won. We've got another big game next week. So the boys certainly heard the noise and a lot of Irish punters were riding them off. Here's one Irish media outlet and what they had to say pre-game and I can't help but think this may have been one of the receipts Artie and the All Blacks were speaking of. Yeah, but like when we actually boil it down, when we, when we strip out the front rows and we strip out the second rows, back rows, like front rows, most of New Zealand's turnovers and penalties come from the front row. So Ireland have an edge there. Their second rows are quite old and they're not as they don't work as hard as Ireland. So Ireland win there. Ireland's back or New Zealand's back rows, Sam Kane doesn't know how to rook properly. I know I'm probably gonna get shit for that, but like that's the honest truth. He would be ranked one of the lowest accuracy uh, rookers in the competition. And yet he's starting for New Zealand. So we have the back row there. So if Ireland can keep it in the pack and frustrate New Zealand, then Ireland having a massive chance, like a massive chance. They're never gonna get a better chance. And let's be honest, let's be clear here. There's, whether you're a New Zealand rugby fan or you're a New Zealand or NZOR, you want this year to be over and done with because it's been nothing but a failure. Well, fair to say I'm a New Zealand rugby fan and I certainly don't want this year to be over. Two more games and it could well be Sir Ian Foster. How good would that be, right? Time to head to the news. When we be back, we'll be with former All Black and SENZ Rugby World Cup commentator Ant Strawn here on SENZ. That's right, welcome back to Rugby World Cup today here on SENZ with Surly, brought to you by Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. And we're joined now by Ant Strawn, of course, former All Black and SENZ Rugby World Cup commentator. Mate, let's start with the four games in general. I was saying before, in terms of Rugby World Cup quarterfinals, I think we'll struggle to see four better games all at the same time. Do you agree with that statement? They were all pretty exciting to watch, weren't they? Yeah, evening, mate. Absolutely. I think um, it's probably restored a lot of faith in a lot of the, the rugby public because, uh, you know, it's, it's been waning a little bit in terms of its interest, I think. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you couldn't have scripted four better quarterfinals. They had everything, didn't they, uh, from start to finish. And, of course, the, the game this morning, France-South Africa, was, uh, it capped it off. It was superb. Yeah, you touched on it there. I actually wanted to dive into those two 8am games in particular. So let's rewind to yesterday morning first and that epic performance from the All Blacks. Talk to me through your emotions of that last kind of five minutes because for me, as soon as Aaron Smith put up that box kick, I was up and about. I didn't sit down until the final whistle went. I can imagine you were doing much of the same. How was the heart rate? Yeah, no, I think it actually got up to, I was had my Garmin watch on, mate, I think it got up to about 160 odd, so that's pretty high for me, but uh, the Strawn Family Stadium uh, had all the, the whanau around watching that one, and I actually got up out of the couch, man, I, I couldn't sit down for the last two and a half minutes, I went for a walk down the hallway, um, you know, sort of going up and down, and of course you're just really nervous in those last 30, however many phases, mm-hmm. uh, we were defending impressively too, by the way, and of course... 
when Sam Whitelock uh, finally got the turnover at the back end, there was um, yeah, it was a sense of relief, immense relief for me. Oh, 100%. And it was an amazing performance from the boys, really. Some huge individual performances as well. None more so impressive, I thought, than our loose Ford trio. I thought outplayed that highly feared Irish, Irish trio as well. What did you make of the efforts of Sam Kane, Artie and Shannon Frizzell? Yeah, I mean, arguably, as a collective, probably the best performance in the Black Jersey for them. Sam mm. Kane, particularly, uh, his best game by far. Uh, he really set the standard, didn't he, both physically and, and just his smarts of what he did around breakdown. Uh, he, he never stopped, did he, for the for the full time he was there. And, of course, he was really well supported. Savi, another really physical game, got involved a lot, particularly defensively. And, of course, Frizzell, he's becoming a bit of an enforcer, isn't he, in terms yeah. of what he does on the rugby paddock. So... Um, certainly outplayed their opposition um, but see both Kane and Savia too uh, bring experience mm. and I think uh, this victory was underpinned by not only those two but also Smith and Bowden Barrett as well um, you know the experienced leaders really came to the fore. You mentioned a couple backs there and in the back line for me everyone stood up but I thought it was actually Geordie the youngest of the Barretts that was a real standout like that mall try he saved that was potentially the winning of the game so what did you make of the performance from Geordie it's crazy to think a year ago when we lost that series to Ireland in New Zealand he was wearing the 15 jersey and now he's one of the best 12s in the world it's been a pretty rapid rise in that position. Yeah, phenomenal transition, you know. But he presents as a um, you know, really offensive uh, threat in terms of his profile in the 12 shirt. We know he can play 15, he can play 10 as a pinch. Uh, very big, physical, strong ball in hand. But defensively, as, you, as you've just mentioned, he makes some very big plays at critical moments. Uh, and, you know, he's a, he's a real go-to. He's a safe go-to, get us going forward or make a defensive statement. And I think he did that impressively. And I mean, and he has done it. You know, let's be honest. I mean, how many games has he actually worn the 12 shirt? Uh, phenomenal that he's playing at such a high level after, you know, a minimal time in that jersey. On the other side of the field, it was heartbreak once again for the Irish, who certainly threw everything at the All Blacks. And you can't say they didn't go down swinging. But what did you make of their performance? Do you think, in hindsight, they may regret turning down a handful of kickable opportunities? Do you think maybe they felt a little too confident around set piece and their ability to dominate this All Black forward pack? Yeah, I mean, it's always easy in hindsight, isn't it? I mean, there were two big things for me, and this is probably looking more at what the All Blacks did to nullify the, the Irish as opposed to what the Irish actually did with the ball. I mean, their line-out has always been their most effective set-piece weapon, and a lot of their attackers launched from there. And they, we saw South Africa, Ireland, they challenged their line-out. Well, the All Blacks did the same. Uh, they really disrupted that area uh, in, in order for them to strike and be dangerous. And the other thing, too, you'll notice that in the games that we'd lost, previously to Ireland, they breached us through the middle a lot. And once they get through the middle, they're really hard to stop because they're so good at supporting each other. And of course, we closed the middle down. Mm. So the only place they could really go to attack was to the edges. And of course, you could defend a little easier on the edges because you've got the sideline to protect you. Uh, and, you know, and you've just got to cover a, a shorter area of space. So um, yeah, our, our defensive strategy really did push the Irish to the edges. And they had nothing else. And I thought Johnny Sexton, because of that, started to panic a little bit. They got a little one-dimensional. And then, of course, you know, um, the All Blacks really started to dominate in so many aspects of the game. So uh, well done to the coaches that had scripted all that. Mm. And, of course, the players for playing their role.
The chat now is that the Irish once again failed to get past the quarterfinals, which I guess is true when you look at the hard facts, but at the same time it feels a little harsh because they've played some great footy, they've gone on an almost world cup, oh, world record winning streak and unfortunately they've fallen short against the quality All Blacks side, but how do you kind of assess this World Cup cycle from them and their campaign? Was it a success or does going out in the quarters mean it's purely a failure? Well, I mean, if you look at it purely from a measurability perspective and if World Cup is the measure, the key measure, I suppose, other than the games that happen in between the cycle, um, it's, it, they'll be disappointed. Uh, I mean, I think they had the team, uh, they've certainly had the coaching staff, uh, whilst they're getting a little older, this group, uh, they certainly had the game to win it. Uh, but, you know, they're still arguably the best attacking team in the in the world. The problem is, mate, as you know, better than anyone and most of us know, that uh, you know, World Cup tournaments are won by your defence. Mm. You know, look at the All Black uh, beating France a few years ago by one point. Uh, defence played a big part that night. Defence again played a big part in the, in the win by South Africa this morning, by the All Blacks on, on Saturday against Ireland. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a negative way to look at it, but if you can stop the opposition making inroads and scoring and building points, building pressure then you got a more than even chance of winning games. And I, I think that's, uh, you know, that's what happened to the Irish. And they, they didn't really have a plan B or C, mate, to be fair. Yeah, that, that is a fair call. And you mentioned the, the defence this morning and the importance of it. And you touched on South Africa. You were, of course, a part of the call for SNZ this morning. I think the one thing that caught me off guard, I was expecting a physical game, but it was the South Africans' mindset around attack, especially in that first 40 minutes. Were you surprised by that? They showed up and for the first time in the tournament, it appeared they wanted to play some running rugby. Yeah, I, mean, this, this, I thought this morning was a stunning blueprint is how you can play the game and you know, a completely different way in two halves. Mm. The nine and ten that they had, Reinick and Libick in the first half, the way they attacked, and it was it was pretty open. They played to wit. They used some nice kicks at time, but it was always with tempo, uh, shifting the ball a lot, which is not like the South African teams we see. And of course, it was pretty even at half time. The French did the same. They played their part. Really, a real offensive first half, highly entertaining, um, but not slow and physical and set piece to set piece that we're used to. Yeah. Then, of course, Rossi Erasmus, he rolls out his, his premier boys, the Clerk and Pollard and, and Cocker Smith and the rest of them. And they just played a game of defence. Mm. They went back to the South Africa of old. And what that did to the French is it nullified their attack completely. And, of course, they didn't have a plan to go to. And the, the pressure that they put, the South Africans put on the French ruck in particular, made the second half really tough for DuPont. And he, he's, he can't be a one-man band. As good as he is, world-class, uh, he can't do it by himself. And, and, and his lieutenants around him probably failed in that second half. So, yeah, amazing the way the South Africans changed from one half to the, to the next. And they got them home. You mentioned DuPont there, and of course question marks around him all week, but what a performance it was. Unfortunately, he's come out post-game with a few harsh comments towards Ben O'Keefe, which you don't like to see, but how impressive is he to watch? We're really witnessing one of the best to ever do it in the Nine jersey, aren't we? If I had to sit back with a group of youngsters or semi-professional players and their halfbacks, and I'd say, mate, look, if, if, you, if you take his performance in the first 40 minutes, in terms of the broad range of collective, collective skills that he possessed, it was the perfect game. It was nearly 100%. 10 out of 10 for me because he, he used his strengths. He squicked to ruck. His passing accuracy was good. He picked up his receivers really early. He read pictures in the backfield. Where are the spaces? Where can I go? And he doesn't hesitate with making decisions. 
So as I say, that first half was was unbelievably impressive. If he wasn't on the field, you know, the uh, the French sorry don't score their three tries. I mean, he was a catalyst to all of them, and uh, yeah, it was impressive. It was just disappointing, I guess, um, in the second half that he was he was nullified, um, and you know he didn't really or couldn't really go to a, another game plan uh, to address the suffocating South African defence. Yeah, 100%. Agree with all your statements there. Cheers for your time, mate. I understand you're actually at the airport, so we'll let you get back to catching your flight home. But thanks again for joining the show. Really appreciate your thoughts. No worries, mate. We're heading up to Argentina, mate. So that's going to be an interesting week for us. How good is that? And hopefully plenty of All Blacks merch on. But go well and safe travels. Cheers, mate. Take care. Right, time now for an air break. When we come back, we'll have the schedule for this weekend's games all here on SENZ. That's right, welcome back to Rugby World Cup today, brought to you by Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. Time to look ahead to this weekend's action, and of course your semi-final games, we're down to the final four. The cream has risen to the top, and I can't wait for these games, of course, all live here on SENZ. First up, Saturday morning, Argentina versus New Zealand. She's 8am kickoff, 7am I believe the build-up starts, with the All Blacks heading in pretty clear favourites, like Zaid mentioned before, $1.10 compared to $6.50 the points start is 16 and a half so clearly the punters here in New Zealand were pretty feeling pretty confident after that display on the weekend like I mentioned before though underestimate a Michael Checker coach side at your own peril the Pumas they came to New Zealand not long ago and got the win as well so maybe they'll be watching footage of that and starting to get excited ahead of this weekend's games then on Sunday England will take on South Africa and much like the All Blacks, the South Africans go in massive favourites. How the tides have changed between the North and the South. South Africa $1.16, England $4.80. So many are predicting New Zealand versus South Africa to advance through to that final next week. Is that how you see it as well? I'm starting to think so, but I do think England, they're undefeated so far in this World Cup, so also don't write them off. But that's us for your Monday night. Cheers to all of you for tuning in and texting in as well. I'll be back tomorrow, 6 till 7 as we continue to dissect these quarterfinals and start to cast the eye to the weekend semi-final action ahead. So enjoy your night, stay safe, and I'll catch you here tomorrow for Rugby World Cup today here on SENZ. There's a